And now, this is the DDT Wrestling Podcast with DC Matthews and Doc Manson. Hello, hello, hello. Uh, DC, DC Matthews at DC Matthews NAI. Did you really wait till we started recording to realize you needed the microphone actually close yes, to you? Okay. I, I did. Okay. How uh, you doing there, Doc Manson? At Doc Manson, I am fantastic. It is once again uh, time for DDT Wrestling, uh, part of the NAI Network, coming to you very soon. The NAI Network, it's going to take over. What else is on the network? That's a great question. Moving on. (laughs) Um, Uh, from, From my conversations... With the new age insider himself, Jason Maltov, uh, that is ongoing. They, I don't know if I can, if I'm telling tales outside of school, but they are on the lookout for some of the best young podcasting talent to be part of the NAI network. They're expanding. They're growing. We DDT Wrestling are proud to be a part, um, and we are excited to once again share the airwaves with the good people of the neighborhood. Uh, so, wait a minute. How are they going to put together an entire network? Uh, I heard that Mr. NAI himself was quitting. Is that not true? Uh, I believe... I read that on Twitter from his own from you, his own. Mouth. You also wrote on Twitter that you quit, and yet here you are. <laughs> well, yes, but I wrote I quit on April Fool's Day. Oh. It was an elaborate hoax. That was well. Let's talk about the <laughs> let's talk about the horse-shaped elephant in the room. And I apologize for the fact that I just made fun of Roman Reigns' face. But um, there was a there was an incident yesterday, and I didn't catch all of it. Uh, but um, there was there was some un there was some craziness in the neighborhood. I believe you termed it before the show as Roman Rage. Uh, would you yep. like to speak about it? I can tell you what I saw, but the problem is I have a lot of the key people uh, blocked because they annoy me. There are some people who are involved in the conversation who I no longer... Do you have people blocked on Twitter? Yes. Wait, so we're, wait, were these people blocked before yesterday or they were blocked as a result of yesterday? They were blocked before yesterday. I don't believe I actually really? blocked anyone yesterday. There, there so are. These are people who have caused... Issues with our Pope of Positivity previously, who have now turned their targeting upon Mr. NAI himself. Yes. Now, you know, I can talk a little bit about my blocking philosophy. Um, there, yeah. there are, you know, I believe on this show, in fact, we have talked about the difference between fact and opinion. Um, yeah, we have. And so there are those, and I, you know, I will not use their names, but there are those uh, who confuse those things. And so. Finding it uh, pointless to continue the discussion when they are not willing to accept other arguments. It's just kind of, no, it's, this is the right answer and that's it. Uh, I chose to avail myself of the block button, as is my First Amendment right to do so, or whatever amendment the block button on Twitter would be. Um, and I've blocked people for other reasons as well, just, you know, violating the Ten Commandments of the neighborhood, though technically I believe there are eleven now. Um, or other things. So, um, 
So yeah, so I didn't see all of it, but from what I saw, Mr. Maltov, our our leader, our fearless leader, and the New Age insider himself, uh, made some comments about Roman Reigns and the promo he and AJ Styles had on Raw, and uh, there are people, you've seen this, I've seen this, when you talk about Roman Reigns, uh, there are people who take umbrage to that. And I believe that is what uh, Jason spent a good portion of his day dealing with. And I think after that, he was so exhausted from feeling like he had to explain himself and defend himself. I don't think he's quitting, but I think we may see uh, a little less of him on Twitter for a bit. And everyone needs a break. Everyone needs a break. You've taken a break. I've taken very small breaks. So uh, what did you want to say about the Roman Rage incident, as it were? Um, you know, I think you brought up a lot of good points. I think it really does focus around opinion and fact. And, you know, I just want to sort of throw out there, not that I am speaking poorly about our NII masters, but I just wanted to say that I think that there was some opinion being thrown around even by them, him, that he was attempting to say was fact. I think he was guilty of the same thing as the other side of the argument. Now, I just want to throw that out there. I won't want to necessarily say that that, that's a bad thing, if you're listening to this, uh, Jason. Uh, We all have our opinions, right? Opinions and facts, and they always get mixed up together. Uh, I just... I, I think beyond opinion and fact, though, it's about intent and the way in which you go about it, right? Because I don't think Jason has ever gone out of his way to be, you know, intentionally malicious or obtuse or, you know, uh, inflammatory, I guess is the word I'm looking for, right? So even when he does sort of put an opinion out there, he's doing so to foster discussion. Yes. And I think that that is the key difference with what happened with this Roman Rage incident yesterday, is that the other people on the other side of it, fact, fiction, whatever, they just weren't interested in the discussion part. There was no conversation coming out of their end of it. And that's really it. I just wanted to say that, you know, opinions aren't a bad thing. We're all talking about opinions here. And opinions versus fact and getting those mixed up, I mean, whatever, that comes maybe with a little bit more experience and certainly being able to admit what you consider to be an opinion versus a fact is something that, you know, not everybody's able to do. And I think I pointed out on Twitter that in my experience with these hardcore Roman Reigns fans, that they tend to skew younger. I'm not going to say that it's all you know, young individuals. I'm sure there are plenty of older wrestling fans who love Roman Reigns, and that's fine. You're free to do so. That's your prerogative. But in my experience, when I've talked to these people who have been very vocal, they tend to give me the impression, anyways, of being younger in age. And I think that's the ability to admit that your opinion is not fact. The ability to parse those things is a sign of maturity that I just don't know that some of the people involved in this conversation necessarily were capable of parsing. Um, I don't mean to offer that as an excuse. It doesn't necessarily 
excuse any sort of behavior, but I just try to keep that in mind when I'm speaking with individuals online. I try not to get worked up even when we do have very strong differences in opinion because sometimes people just... You have no idea who you're talking to on the other end. You don't know what their intent is. You don't know what their background is. You don't know their knowledge. So to some extent, you just kind of have to let everything roll, lay as it may, move mm-hmm. on, I, and find your happy. I, I do think that's a great point. I think one of the things that we notice, and I know that Jason has discovered this as well, is that the neighborhood that we inhabit, ddtpod.com, uh, newageinsiders.com, the Twitterverse that I and you are a part of, for the most part is a more rational, um, I'm not going to use the word intelligent, but I will say thoughtful, um, and open to new ideas sort of group, which is why the discussions are usually so fruitful and so rewarding. And when you branch out into some other areas or when you find new people, one of the problems that you run into is that you can find people who are not necessarily uh, of that ilk. And so I think that is also part of the problem. And I'm not saying that we should, you know, force ourselves into a commune and not talk to anybody else, though I do invite you, if you're tired of Twitter, as I did yesterday, um, to go to ddtpod.com, ddtwrestling.com, join the forums. We can have discussions there. Uh, Might be perhaps a more, uh, you know, private place where we're not going to be sullied by, you know, others who choose to converse in ways other than we would enjoy. Um, But it is something, like you said, it is something to be aware of, and yes, absolutely find your happy. That should always be uh, part of it. Um, if, If you have no other thoughts on the issue, I would like to find my happy and talk about Monday Night Raw, which was perhaps one of the more complete positive wrestling shows um, that I can remember. I, you know, that was a very good wrestling program. I watched almost all of it um, from start to finish, which for me is unusual. So, what were your thoughts on Monday Night Raw, Doc Mance? Uh It was a good show. We're now beyond WrestleMania. Um, they negated everything they were going to negate last week, apparently, and now we could actually move on, build new stories, and do new things. Shane McMahon is a breath of fresh air. Mm -hmm. The new talents and personalities that are being showcased are, um, you know, for not even, no pun intended, are phenomenal. Uh, I was very impressed with the show. We had a lot. I took a step back, you know. I took a step back and just sort of had this surreal sort of moment just trying to think about it. And we had Cesaro versus Kevin Owens on Monday Night Raw. We had... We had uh, Natalia versus Charlotte give us a decent match. We had AJ Styles versus Sami Zayn in an awesome match. We had Apollo Crews give a great wrestling exhibition against Adam Rose. Like, there was so much good about that show. It's just 
I don't even know what to say. Really. Just think about where we were a year ago, coming off of WrestleMania with Roman Reigns being forced into the main event. And then we had, and then just fast forward a year to last night, that show that we had, that's... Can you believe that WWE is where they're at? And this is actually part of... This actually kind of ties in to the discussion we just had about Roman Rage. In that discussion, I don't remember if it was Jason or somebody else, but somebody said, you know, you don't have to be a WWE apologist. And that just struck me wrong because I don't think anybody has to be a WWE apologist right now. WWE is doing a lot of things really really right Mm -hmm. right now and I don't think there's any need to apologize for anything yeah you might not like Roman Reigns you might not like what they're doing with his booking fine I get that but even still what they're doing with Roman Reigns right now is infinitely better than what they were doing with him a month ago even that has taken strides in a positive direction Mm -hmm. so again I just that comment you don't have to be a WWE apologist that just struck me the wrong way because that's that's if that's to say that there's something wrong with the WWE product right now, and to me, who's a realist and a skeptic and you know quite honestly most of the time a pessimist, I this is the best the product's been in a long long time. Absolutely, and I think they're doing you know maybe I saw this yesterday or I've just seen it before. People are talking about well you know the the top of your card defines your product. And I disagree with the premise of that idea, you know. And and even so, even if that's the case, it's Roman Reigns versus AJ Styles. That is your current main event storyline as we head into payback. The AJ Styles is part of the main event. I don't care that a lot of people believe he's destined to lose. I don't care that a lot of people think this is just to appease the smart fans on Twitter. AJ Styles is in the main event of a WWE storyline. Things cannot be that bad if that is the case. And you're exactly right. Monday Night Raw was excellent. The main event, you know, Bray Wyatt and Roman Reigns versus um, the League of Nations was very, very good. Bray Wyatt had what I would consider to be his defining moment in a WWE wrestling ring. Wrestling ring. Maybe some he's had promos or wrestle magic that was better, but that hot tag from Roman Reigns, where he just ran over people, he you know does the gun pointing to call for the spear. That was some of the greatest, you know, wrestling storytelling. The whole, the whole sequence leading up to the pin in that match, and right up to the pin, including that spear, like that just worked so incredibly Mm -hmm. well for both Roman Reigns and Bray Wyatt. Bray Wyatt was, to me, the star of that moment, don't get me wrong, but it worked out very well for both men. Yes. I I couldn't agree more. And, you know, Roman Reigns is doing just fine. Did I really listen to his promo with AJ Styles? No. It wasn't very good. It was on. And But Roman Reigns, as you and I have talked about ad nauseum on this show, he's not a talker. If we're going to die... I just want to throw something else out sure. there. I... Sorry, neighborhood, you're going to roast me for this. AJ Styles is not a very good talker. Either. Um... Okay. 
I can go along with that. I'm I'm never been incredibly wowed by the things he's had to say. I think the things he says are very serviceable. Nothing wrong with mm-hmm. it, but ultimately utilitarian. I don't think he's particularly charismatic in the way and words in which he chooses to deliver mm-hmm. his promos. Yep. But as I've also said many times, I don't know that that necessarily matters. No. He's good enough and he's phenomenal in terms of wrestling yes. ability. And I think you know you can think if you go back through history you can bring to mind, you know, Bret the Hitman Hart for my money one of the best of all time. Not a great talker. You know, the only time he got to be a halfway decent talker was when he got to uh, bring up his own anger, um, you know, with the Hart Foundation run in the Attitude Era before he left uh, WWF. You know, otherwise, not a great talker. Chris Benoit, not a great talker. What made these guys so great was their ability in the ring. AJ Styles has that. You know, Roman Reigns, if he was more talented in the ring, and he's not bad, let me say that, he's not bad in the ring, I enjoy watching him. Who? Roman Reigns, I wish he could use more moves, but... Uh, I still, I get... Okay, he's not terrible, he's not green, he's not, you know, he's not like watching uh, Nia... Jax. uh, Jax on her first couple of matches in NXT, like, he's not that bad... But, like, you do notice certain movements, certain things that he does that are not polished. Mm -hmm. Like, there was a part during that main event match when they were out on the floor, and I don't remember whom it was. Uh, I think maybe possibly Alberto Del Rio was shoving him from behind to shove him into one of the ring uh, poles. If you go back and watch that moment, Alberto shoves him. He takes, like, one and a half steps, comes to a complete stop, and Alberto, like, needs to, like, shove him again to, like, to complete the move. There's a fluidity that goes along with people who are really experienced in the ring that Roman Reigns does not have. Mm -hmm. He still shows me those little moments where it's clear that he is not as capable physically as a wrestler as other people are. So I won't go out of my way and say that I think he's a good wrestler. I don't think he is. I think he's got a long way to go. I don't think he knows exactly how to work yet, um, to take that line from John Morrison from a month or so ago. He's not there. He's not. No, and and, and I'm okay with that. It actually works with the character that we've seen the last two weeks. This, you know, kind of smug... I'm not the good guy, I'm not the bad guy, I'm the guy character works a little bit better when you're not all that and the proverbial bag of chips. So I'm I'm okay with it. You know, I think that in in a similar way to Brock Lesnar, actually, Roman Reigns is hampered by his finishing moves. You know, Brock Lesnar, I have found much less impressive since Suplex City, which I suppose is not his finishing move. But when all Brock Lesnar is doing is giving German and belly-to-belly suplexes, he becomes a much more talented version of Scott Steiner. And you're not wrong, but even with he, when he is doing that, I'm still entertained by the shtick. I... They're, they're, he's dismantling people in a way that nobody else does. And yeah, it's a little old hat at this point. You're right. It was more entertaining the first couple of times he did it. 
But at the same time, nobody dismantles an opponent the way that he does. No. And I still think there is spectacle, like, you there, know, appreciable there spectacle there to his matches. And I think, which I don't think is the case for Roman I Reigns. Think, I don't think there's appreciable spectacle to I think there could be if he was allowed to use more overt power moves. And we've seen them before. You know, when you go back and watch some of his older stuff... You know, even with his days in the shield, he was not all Superman punch, drive by kick, spear. He had spine busters. He had power slams. He had, you know, moves like that. We don't see a lot of power moves from him. He he is kind of billed as this more of a brawler. And well, that's because I don't think he's very. I don't think he's particularly strong. He's a big guy. He's muscular, but he's not John Cena muscular. No. But and when he was doing a lot of those power moves, like with the shield, like I never had the impression that that three person power bomb was something that he could do without the other two people. I, I yeah, I know what you're, but I know I never thought that they they always portray. Okay, I saw the look he gave me, but my point is, you obviously you can't do a three person power bomb without the other that's two. That's people. all I'm but saying. But my point, my point is, he never. They always painted it like, oh god, Roman Reigns is stepping in, and now there's going to be this devastating power bomb assisted by the other two guys. I never felt like Roman Reigns was an integral part of the power associated to that move. In fact, I always thought that three person power bomb looked weak. It looked weak compared to some single person power bombs that um, certain performers. <laughs> Have well, done. and, and, I, and I've never been impressed with his power moves. Is my point? I've been impressed. I'm with, not sure he's capable. I've been impressed with some of his power moves. The three person power bomb. There is a unless you're going to do the last ride style power bomb. I you know, and I'm and I'm now getting into like breaking down moves. The entire idea of a power bomb is that there's some fluidity to it. When you lift the guy up for the power bomb, and then you have to hold them there so that the other two can grab on and then drop them down. You know that to me wasn't great. But you know, I think Roman Reigns' move set could be tweaked to make things a little more spectacular. And you know, we're talking a lot about Roman Reigns who. Quite possibly, I don't know how much saving they're going to be able to do, barring, you know, and an completely overt heel turn. This character is better, but, you know, the fans, a lot of fans are now just, it feels like, genetically predisposed to dislike him. And I don't necessarily... I don't think that matters, though. They've never necessarily listened to the crowd. They're, I mean, look what they do with John Cena these days. I don't... Think no, they but, care. John I think Cena, that's what really but John Cena tweaked his move set to go beyond the five moves of Doom. And while the springboard stunner is not going to be anybody's favorite, we at least began to have a deeper appreciation for him putting the time in and changing things up to make his matches more interesting. And I think a lot of that goes to Rusev and Kevin Owens and the other guys that answered the U.S. Open Challenge. But... I think the same thing could be said for Roman Reigns, but I do, I, you know, I understand that, and I, I don't even know why we're still talking about Roman Reigns when we were we started this out talking about the positivity of Raw, you know, because you are a negative Nancy these days. The Pope of positivity has turned to the dark side. I, You're always negative about everything these I days. I don't know that that's true. Mm. I don't know that that's true. I enjoyed. Let's see. I, like you said, AJ Styles and Sami Zayn. Pay-per-view quality match. 
on Monday Night Raw. Kevin Owens versus Cesaro. Pay-per-view quality match on Monday Night Raw. Except that Cesaro was involved because he'll never be involved in a pay-per-view. He is the number one contender for the Intercontinental title. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Uh, I just... You and know, he's and not he's not so sure how they really see. And he's him the as James all. Bond now. Not only is he the Swiss Superman, yeah, I he's saw the that. James Bond. I like the fact that he's coming from a different part. You know, he's coming from an unusual spot on the entrance ramp. But so yeah, you know, and I like the the James Bond entrance. Though someone did bring up the very valid point that you have you can't be the Swiss Superman and James Bond at the same time. You know, somebody was like, he should be coming out of. Can't you? He should be coming out of a phone booth. They should put a phone booth on the ramp. He should walk into it, ditch the suit, and come out. You know, maybe not with a cape. He's not the hurricane, but um, but you know, there is a lot to like about Monday Night Raw. I enjoyed almost all of it. Uh, one thing we have not talked about: um, Festus and Mister Anderson. I'll continue vamping here. Festus and Mr. Anderson made their debut. Yeah, that's right. Festus came back. That's taking right. Taking out the Usos. There's only room for one Doc in the neighborhood. Well, he's Luke Gallows. Well, sometimes he's Doc Gallows. Yeah, I don't, and I don't like it. I don't it. think he will be Doc Gallows in, uh, in WWE. I think they'll continue. Yeah, you're right he won't be. There you go. So what are your thoughts on the quote-unquote Bullet Club making their tight t-shirt and jeans debut. The Baldies are back. That was a team in ECW, wasn't it? The Baldies. Mm-hmm. All right. So that that's your the entirety of your opinion? Um, I've been waiting for someone to destroy the Usos for a while. But that's they didn't really do anything. I mean, they just, they destroyed the Usos, which is nice, but there's not like they made a statement. The Usos are nobodies right now. They keep trotting them out there like they're some big deal, but nobody cares about the Usos. They're not part of the tag title. They were having a match against the Dudleys. Who cares? The Dudleys are having a feud with Enzo and Cass. The Usos were only out there as filler or possibly to be entered into a program with these two, but who cares? And on top of that... They didn't really do a good job of explaining who these two guys are. Um, I don't know why I'm supposed to be excited. I don't know who they're supposed to be. There were zero ties to the Bullet Club, which is something that everybody's been salivating over the possibility of uh, for a while. Bullet Club, Battle Club, whatever you want to call it. So what? Are these guys just two generic bald guys who are going to be a tag team? Is that it? Is that all there is to it? They finally debuted and that's all that they are? Not that there's anything wrong with that. The tag division, as we can see, is at the strongest it's been in a long time. We've got an abundance of teams. It actually makes for a potentially exciting sort of... There's a tag team tournament. Yeah. I mean, think about it, right? Think about it, right? The... Not necessarily the main event, but like the general singles roster is as strong as it's ever been with all these NXT call-ups. The women's division is as strong as it's ever been uh, with these NXT call-ups. The tag team division is the strongest it's ever been. There's multiple teams doing multiple things, involved in multiple stories. Like, we always complain about Raw not telling enough stories and being too much recap and yada yada. But we saw multiple tag team matches on Raw, as well as a women's match, as well as two pay-per-view quality singles matches. Again, I don't know who's going to go around accusing anybody of being a WWE apologist right now, because this is the strongest the product has been 
In some time. You bring up a very valid point. I, and I didn't think of it until you said it. I don't think there were as many replays, recaps, as we usually get. You know, we got the return, we got the uh, the Bullet Club, and I think we got, you know, maybe something with Reigns and Styles and maybe something with Shane and Owens, but that was it, you know. And I think that that helps. Oh, I was mistaken. I'm sorry. We saw Lucha Dragons versus the Dudleys, Usos versus the Social Outcasts. Yes. And then did New Day do something on the show as well? Maybe not. Yes, I think they just came out to because they unveiled their oh, yeah. unicorn they a graphic promo. for the tournament. Which, to be fair, which is phenomenal. what they should do when yeah. there is no clear contender. They should come out and say, all right, we're going to have a tournament, so we finally have somebody worth fighting. Here we go. And, like, they're not even in the tag division. I'm sorry, I cut you off, but just go back on this topic. But we've got the Wyatt family with mm-hmm. Braun Strowman and Eric Rowan. They might be in the tag division now. Right. With, and, with the, um, you know, and I'm not... And we've got the Social Outcasts, and we've got the League of Nations. And the Vaudevillains. Oh, right. I mean... It's it's a very deep... You know, I wouldn't say we have a lot of strong teams, necessarily, but we do have a lot of teams. The potential is there, just like in the women's division, just like in the singles division. The potential is there. This roster, you know, uh, the the ruthless aggression era of the... The early 2000s was so popular because the roster was stacked. You could have two brands operating at the same time that were both going pretty strong. We're in a very similar position right now because, like you said, they could fill a three-hour show with minimal replays and still be just fine. So, yep. Um, So I enjoyed that. You know, I I enjoyed seeing. Gallows and Anderson, it was a very... It happened with so little fanfare, it makes me wonder what this means. You know, a lot of people are reading the tea leaves and saying, oh, they attacked the Usos, AJ's fighting Roman, they're gonna team up with Styles. Uh, I don't... I've been predicting that for a while. I don't know that I believe that, and the conspiracy theorist in me is saying this is a total swerve, and Roman's actually gonna be the one that teams with them. You know, he's he's wearing the vest. The vest is bulletproof. That's the apparent new name of the stable. So maybe that's what this is all about. Whether or not that's actually true, probably not. But just like many of my far-fetched predictions. But, um, you know, I, I thought they did a nice job. I'm wondering if this is what we're going to get for, you know, the next five or six weeks. Is they're just going to come out and attack somebody. Might not be the Usos every single time. They might attack the Lucha Dragons next, and then they'll attack, you know, the Social Outcasts for some reason, and they'll just kind of do the Outsiders thing where they're just, you know, causing chaos on the show for a while. Um, but either way, more talent. Bring on the mo- bring on the talent. There's always room for more. So how about that uh, Jericho and Dean Ambrose segment? Huh? I enjoyed it. I wrote this week on DDTPod.com that it's time to stop talking about WrestleMania. WrestleMania is in the rearview mirror. There are questions that I don't think will ever be answered, including about our friend Dean Ambrose. Um, But WWE is firing on such a high level right now that I think the time to, you know, question and complain is over and let's just embrace 
the positivity that's happening. And Dean Ambrose is back to doing exactly what we would hope, as I pull my headphones out, sorry, sorry, uh, what we would hope he would be doing, and that's, you know, having a great time with Jericho, and there's some Wrestle Silly, and potted plants are, you know, being abused, and it's just too bad that he's exactly where he was before yes. the build to WrestleMania. Yes. But then again, I I can imagine, you know, Jericho beating Styles keeps him as a relevant heel. So if Ambrose beats him at Payback and then maybe again at Extreme Rules or something, that's good for the Ambrose character. That's a net positive. Um, you know, yes, he's not in that main event level, and perhaps it was our own faults for imagining that he could get there. You know, maybe the blame is a little bit on ourselves for hoping instead of on them for... No, the blame is still on them. Um, I think. Because that guy is immensely talented, and the fact that they're not better utilizing... Well, not better utilizing him, but utilizing him in the event. I think that's that's my point. They're still utilizing him. When when Cesaro was barely able to make it onto Raw for a while, that was... A crime because here he is, this supremely talented athlete, not yeah. being featured. You know, you could make a case: Damian Sandow, decent wrestler, decent on the mic, fantastic charisma. He is completely invisible on this show. You know, you could even say, and I, you know, I defended the decision at the time. You could even say the fact that Zack Ryder had such a high moment and is now back to being an obscure, uh, you know, enhancement level talent to be. Was Zack Ryder on the show? No. He lost on Raw. Yeah. He lost on SmackDown, and he was not a part of Raw that I am aware of. Yeah. So, no. Not that I recall. But, um, you know, but Dean Ambrose is being used. He's not a main event feature, but that's going to be a high-profile story heading into Payback is Ambrose versus Jericho. They had a great segment. I liked the Ambrose Asylum thing. I enjoyed the fact that he came on with a tie. You know, it, it was, it, <laughs> it, it was no entertaining. You know, there was a little bit of Wrestle Silly there, which is never a bad thing in our minds. So I enjoyed it. You know what was not any good... What's that? The return of Maurice. I... That woman can't talk. She cannot string a well, sentence together. French. This is not her native language. That shouldn't... That shouldn't matter. All I know is there's no reason for her to be on television talking, unfortunately. We've got an extremely strong women's division, and I know that's not what she's doing. She's not in there as a wrestler right now, but... Having her be there as nothing but eye candy for the Miz is a step backwards. That's not exi- that's not at all what she's there for. Well, you're right, but what I'm saying is she's not capable of doing what she's there for. So by default, that becomes her that's role. Not, she's not there to be a wrestler either. I know, but she's there to be a mouthpiece and a manager. No, yeah, she's not. Then why was she? She's there because she's there because they need more people on Total Divas. Is she going to be on Total Divas? Yes. Is that confirmed? Along with Lana and Renee Young. Great. Uh, she's terrible. She can't hey, strangle sentences together, and, and she, she shouldn't be on Raw. She let the Miz lay back with cucumbers over his eyes and explained that there were no blue. It was M&Ms. the only part of the show I fast forwarded. I enjoyed it. It was terrible. I usually like the Miz. She's segments. not. She is. It was not unwatchable. Great. It was unwatchable. She is not a great talker. 
I will give Ryback is a better talker. Yes. Yeah. I agree with that. Another person not on the show. Mm, a crime. Because Maurice has a part in this. Mm-hmm. The two of them, as a power couple, would I like the Miz to have done the talking? Sure. But the whole idea of Maurice having to explain it, and then, you know, Miz drinking... The, well, you didn't even see it. No, I did Miz see it afterwards. The, I did. It's terrible. Miz is drinking the water that is not, you know, distilled or whatever. Evian, she was like, you know, it's regular, it's regular. And he does a spit take. I'm all in. That was The that idea was there fine. was fine, but she was not capable of performing. Would I rather it be Summer Rae or even Eva Marie or somebody... Yes, but in that capacity, I had no issue with it. It was bad. Just a waste like of I my time, no and she'll be off television hopefully before too long when somebody realizes like she's I, got negative charisma. Just like I had, just like I had no issue with Ric Flair once again cheating to cost Natalia the match against Charlotte because I think I hope I know where this is going. Where's that? A submission match. You know, we're gonna get. I think we are actually going to get a women's title match with a gimmick stipulation that doesn't involve pillow fights, lumberjills, or evening gowns. I guess that's fine. I'm still sort of dismayed with the general storyline they're telling around their first official WWE Women's Champion. Uh, but Doctor Phil was the voice of reason. He was like Shane McMahon. He was saying exactly what all of us were thinking. Doctor Phil. Was excellent was not, on that show. He was not bad. No, he was excellent. He was, I, you know, I expected to fast forward through those. And even I that, like when I he wooed like, at Ric Flair. He outwooed yes. Flair. That was brilliant. Yes. Um, if I had to nitpick, the one major issue I had is that Sasha and Besh- Becky, Beshi, Sasha and Becky were not a part of the show. Uh, you know, somebody said on Twitter, "Well, it was so you focused on the Charlotte and Natalia storylines." No. You have a three-hour show. You can tell me two female storylines at one time. You could could have something. Except they showed us Lucha Dragons versus the Dudleys and the Usos versus the Social Outcasts instead. I'm I'm with you, though. I'm with you. It would have been. I think it would have been a better use of time to tell me a second women's storyline. Apparently, Becky and Emma had a you know something, but it was on the WWE YouTube. so that's too bad I, I because Emma is quite talented. I I'm excited, you know, and there'll probably be a pre-show match. But Becca, Ver- Be- man, I cannot say her name tonight. Becky it's okay; she's completely forgettable. Emma. So Becky versus Emma is a Sorry. match that I will watch. Who's the Who's the Who's so. the one who likes the, who likes Becky? That's uh, is that Chip. Uh, Chip likes everybody. Oh. Who currently is having a really hard time trying to change his Twitter handle because apparently Chip and AI has been taken. <laughs> I'm sorry, Chip. Um, he's someone who you want to talk NAI Network. Chip's challenges. You know, I think the I think the poor boy went to work wearing two different colored shoes. He sure did. I, I'd hate to say I've never been there, but I've totally done that. I so, have never done that. Well, good for you. Good for you. You're not a up in the wee hours to go off to educate young minds. How is how is your profession? How are how are the labs going there, Doc? The actual you know the only wrestling personality I know with a legitimate PhD. Ah, uh, they're going fantastic. We've got some big things in store. We're really working on overhauling the curriculum. And I gotta say, uh, if we pull some of the things off that we're talking about, 
it's going to make us one of the best programs in the country for this subject area. And is and is that all because of you and the work you're doing? Uh, I would assume. I don't think it's because of me, but I do think that you know my you're specific helping. set of skills is beneficial to the project. Yes. Okay. Now explain something to me. You work at a university. How is it that we will not be able to do DDT daily this summer? Because when I am no I work working during the summer. But it's a university. Don't the universities all kind of settle down in the summer and it's very, you know, let's have a giant ice cream sundae and let's do those <laughs> kinds of things. Unfortunately, there's a is, lot of administrative work that has to happen in those times given my position. Can't you staff that out to lackeys? Don't you know, don't no. you have lackeys? I don't of I don't kinds? I do have lackeys of various kinds, but none that are suitable for doing some of the financial bookkeeping that I'll need to do during those times as well as sort of the curriculum can't provisions. you work like half days so we could do our DDT morning show and you can go in around you know nine or ten? Unfortunately, and not. And also, we have summer courses done. that we teach, so it doesn't really stop. This is why we got to get you in a high school. No, this is why we have to get that lab. billionaire benefactor. Well, I'm I'm putting out feelers. I'm trying. You know, I had a meeting with Bill Gates. If you feel a little harder, they might uh, be more willing. Well, now I'm uncomfortable, so let's go to the mailbag. Oh, yeah, let's um, feel that mailbag. Uh, let's feel that mailbag. And let's talk about our former... I'm going to drink my water now. Okay. Try not to vomit all over. That email address is ddtwrestling at gmail.com. And that is ddtwrestling at gmail.com. That is the address where you should send your messages, questions, comments, concerns, and we will read through them 100%. And we just might read them and respond on the air. We're going to, uh, I don't know if we're going to read this one, but let's talk about our once and former bestie, uh, Chris Hawk, C underscore Hawk1994. Um, who is getting a little too big for his britches? Oh, I don't know about that. And, I think he and is. I as, think he's speaking very reasonable. Say, as the children say, he is throwing some shade in my direction, and I don't even know what that means. <laughs> but he is throwing shade. Yeah. Um, so this one comes in from Chris Hawk. Uh, no subject line, uh, but he simply states, "Can Mrs. Manson replace DC?" Just kidding, DC. Yeah. Well, I'm just kidding that you're ever going to be bestie of the month, because it's now never going to happen. Well, I don't know. I give him 3,000% of my vote. Well, he's dead to me. <laughs> Ouch. I'm going to avail myself of the block button. No, I kid. Um, I, I have said... We have this. We have our own iTunes now. We can expand. If Mrs. Manson, if you would like to do the Manson Family podcast, go ahead. Uh, we've discussed it. We, we're waiting for the opportune sort of moment, I suppose. The thing that she feels like she would be able to talk about at length. 
I, you know, we have it, these. Don't need to be there. Podcasts can be any length. They can. Oh, you I, can I'm do aware. A short, I'm aware. We, we were going. You know. It would have been brilliant if we could have gotten to this stage a few months ago. We were going to do the inaugural Manson Family Pod by uh, talking about the original Star Wars trilogy before going to see Force uh, Awakens. Because okay. unbeknownst to me, Mrs. Manson has never seen the original trilogy. So, yeah, the original Star Wars. She's never seen them. Well, no, I, I, I get the idea that that's the case, but has she rectified that now heading into Force Awakens? No, she has not. Uh, but I thought it would be... Did she see Force she Awakens? She did. I thought it would be brilliant, absolutely brilliant, if we did a podcast where she tried I to explain to me... me and you know the neighborhood. What she thought the original three movies were about. What's just what she had absorbed through pop culture and other people. I wanted to know like who she thought the characters were, what their story arcs were, what she thought the general plot line of the films were. I, I just think that would have been awesome, awesome entertainment. Um, well, so is she now that she's seen episode seven? Have you caught her up at least storyline wise, so she knows what's the pro- happening? Yeah, I think the problem is we probably talked about it a bit too much now, so we couldn't really record that for posterity at this point. Have Have we discussed the Force Awakens on this show? I don't think so. Your thoughts? That was great on the the awakening of the. Yeah, Force. it was great. I liked it a lot. It felt like the old films. Like it had that sort of westerny vibe. It had that mm-hmm. spaghetti western sort of scope and feel to it, you know, but still in space. So I guess, you know, it's technically a space opera or whatever you want to call it. But like it felt like the original films. Whereas, you know, the second trilogy there kind of felt more like. I don't know. Like I didn't like them, so I, you know, but they felt more like sci fi. They didn't feel like space opera, you know, western sort of. Mishmashes. Yeah. With, they didn't feel like that. They had a they these felt these felt like popcorn sci fi popcorn. Movies. Yeah, they they had a very different feel and they uh that amongst everything else, you know, I did not appreciate. So Okay. I, I, yeah. They um, nailed they nailed the what, tone. They nailed it. I I enjoyed it. Um, you know, I was never been a huge Star Wars fan. I've seen them all, I've enjoyed them, I'm, you know, familiar with the with the references and all of that. Um, but, you know, so I, I definitely enjoyed it. I would watch it again, but I was not, I didn't come away with it, you know, like it was a religious experience or anything. Um, I am curious, though, to know what your thoughts were on uh, Kylo Ren and the villain in this movie. Uh, in what regard? Well, he, you know, it, it it's a brand new villain, and... For my money, the villains are always a little more exciting and interesting than the heroes. You know, I enjoyed Ray, I enjoyed Finn uh, uh, to an extent, um, but you know, I I liked Kylo Ren. I'll go out and say that right now. I enjoyed Kylo Ren. I thought he was just whiny enough or just emo enough to work. Yeah, I mean if I had ex- I've, I've seen I've seen people that have enjoyed him and I've seen people that haven't. No, so. I mean if I had to ha- if I did have a, a a critical comment to make about him, it would be the the general sort of I don't want to say whininess of the character, but cuz I don't think he was particularly whiny, but he did act in a very mm, immature way, but I guess that's actually sort of that's that's actually not 
when I mean when you think about when you think about the second trilogy, which again I know most people don't like to think about it, but when you think about those films with Hayden Christensen and his sort of descent into becoming Darth Vader, when you think about the type of character that he was before the big fight where he you know gets his legs cut off and burned and whatever, careful spoilers, whatever. But when you think about the character that Anakin Skywalker became before his transformation into Darth Vader, I actually think there's a lot of parallels with what that character was trying to be depicted as and what Kylo Ren actually was. There's an immaturity there. There's an inability to process emotions in, you know, a mature manner that really sort of, to my mind, is serves as a mirror between those two characters' personalities. They're actually not too dissimilar, and so mm-hmm. that that sort of I don't want to say I don't want to say foreshadowing or, or what, but that sort of connection I think actually sort of strengthens. It almost the felt like ties. it almost felt like J.J. Abrams, the director, was like, "Let me take." Uh, what I think Anakin Skywalker should have been and do it, you know, let, let's do it right. And, you know, they, this, they gave him the proper ties. They had him have somehow recovered that remnant of Darth Vader's helmet. And there was that reverence that some people I see online have said, oh, he's supposed to be a personification of all the whiny fanboys. I don't really think that's what they were going for. I, I don't think J.J. Abrams cares one bit if fanboys have been complaining about Star Wars for I the last I didn't get decade. that impression at all. Yeah, I've seen that argued on a few different cases. I I don't buy it either. Um, you know, I I think that they they played that very smartly. And to your point, I think he kind of just said, "This is that character." Here's what I would have done with it. Yeah, and, and it, I and think it worked very well. I I am interested now to see how it changes over the next films because yeah. you know that character has some interesting places um, he can go. Based on the end. Uh, two things, and these are slight spoilers, so if you haven't seen Force Awakens yet, cover your ears or something. So just warning. Um, you believe that Rey is the progeny of whom? Or have you given it a lot of thought? I have not given it any thought. Okay. The The, the common belief online is that she must be the daughter of someone from the stories. She's not just random chick who happens to have force powers. Um, yeah. You know, I... I think she could be related to uh, Princess Leia, I suppose, which would mean that she's also related to Kylo Ren mm-hmm. and well, um, the, the, the common, Han Solo. The common three, I'll even just give you the big three, it's either she's Rey Skywalker, she's Rey Solo, or she's Rey Kenobi. And I don't really know how they'd explain that one. But that's you know, and again, Kenobi's those... possible. That's the that's that's the one that's so far fetched that I could see it as being true. Yeah. Um, because you see, again, J.J. Abrams did mirror some things from the original story, as we talked about in Kalo Ren's character. So having this lightsaber passed down to her, you know, that at one hand you could think, okay, well. Luke had one passed down to him that supposedly was from his father. So if she had one passed down to her, maybe it's from her father. Maybe Luke Skywalker is her father. But at the same time, you could also sort of see that 
Um, she might be, if you want to have that same mirroring, she could be Princess Leia and Han Solo's progeny. Maybe not. Maybe one of the two of them. Maybe not both. Because um, I mean, she's got all the buns in her hair. Well, you know, Leia could have had a child with somebody else. I think Han Solo had children with someone wow. else. Wow. I'm pretty sure they went over that. And have, there was like this. I have not heard that online. That she's yeah. only the child of one of them. I think that's possible. Because I mean, there there was this comic book put out that was supposed to bridge some of the gap in the storyline. There, I didn't read it, but supposedly in that it was discovered that you know after their initial romance between Han Solo and Princess Leia, uh, it turns out he was married already. Oh, and so his wife comes back into the picture. So I don't know. That's possible. But when you think about it, like she's got the buns in her hair. Leia had two. She's got three. So clearly that means she's a descendant. Um, <laughs> but like, and think, but also think about how like in the original film it was a father son sort of main thing at the conflict, right? It was Luke versus his father Anakin, the good versus the evil. So what about here? What if it were Kalo Ren versus Rey? And what if that were? brother versus sister instead of father versus son. You know what I mean? Like, that makes a lot of sense to me as well. And think about the name. Kylo Ren? Ray? Ren Ray? I mean, it's off by one letter. Um, If they did have the same parent, you could... I I don't know. I do know that at some point, and I don't think these were canon necessarily, but there were... Somebody went ahead, obviously, and wrote books to kind of continue the, the story... Um, and th- there were twins. The, the, so, you know, the Solo Organa family had twins, both of oh, whom, right. I both mean, of whom had force connections, and so if... Leia is a Skywalker, yeah. Luke is a Skywalker, um, both of, they, they're twins, so twins usually runs in the maternal side of the family, so Leia could have had twins, um... And there you that go. makes perfect and sense to me. And it's Kylo and Ray, you know. And and you know, if you anagram it out, which I'm doing right now, an anagram of Kylo Ray is Ray Lonk. You know, I think there we go. That's <laughs> solved it. Proof. <laughs> um, while we're completely not talking about wrestling, uh, I know you did see the Doctor Strange trailer. Yes, I did. Uh, and we decided not to talk about it because, really, our life is just going to become we only speak on this podcast. Uh, okay, but before you go where you're going to go, I'm just going to j- jump right in, and I want you to tell me what you thought about it first. The Doctor Strange trailer. Yes. Sorry, we didn't uh, say that. I enjoyed it. You know, it is obviously going to be a very different type of movie than you would expect from the Marvel cinematic universe, which I don't think is a bad thing. Uh, this Hold on, I'm going to stop you right there. That is exactly why I'm excited. Yeah. If, I, if, all, if, the, all the Marvel movies, as I've said, have been good. But you keep asking me about Civil War, and what do you think about this trailer? I'm just like, yeah, it looks alright, but it's another one of those films. Like, it's going to be good. Mm-hmm. It is. I'm going to enjoy it. But I've seen that formula Already yes. a bunch of times. This 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 looks like something different. Yes, this looks like something different. Um, I'm a little worried about vomiting 
because I have a feeling it's yeah. going to be like weird and trippy, and there's going to be you know like the they have that one image of like the city coming apart in like six yeah. different directions. It's got like the it's got like that was Ince- awesome Inception squared. Except I don't think it was the same city coming apart. I think it was supposed to represent multiple dimensions. Oh or yeah, something, I think so. It was still awesome. But it's that, great it's, it's going to be that kind of thing. It's going to be one of those things where all of a sudden everything's like going to be seen in like negative image. Um, you know, again, if I had to nitpick the ancient one, I thought had facial hair, but maybe I'm wrong. Actually, I could be thinking of just every kung fu master I've Who ever seen. Who cares? Benedict Cumberbatch. Uh, he was great. He, you know, he he looked the part. I loved the part great. right at the end where he goes up the stairs, obviously to his sanctum sanctorum, and you see the big window. I was like, all right, I'm yes, I am very excited for this movie. Um, I'm also exci- I'm out? excited for Civil War. I'm excited for X Men. I'm a you know I go see just about every Superman movie. Though I still have yet to see Batman versus Superman. Though Jason Maltoff says it was much better than a lot of people are saying online. So at some nah. point I will see that. He's wrong. Have you seen it? Nope. Don't have to. Okay. Zach. Um, Snyder. Writer. Snyder. <laughs> I was said writer. There's very close. Um, yeah, Zach Snyder is a terrible director. He's never made a good film, with one exception. Didn't he do Watchmen? Yeah. Is that the exception? Nope. Day of the Dead. I'm not Day of the Dead. Uh, Dawn of the Dead, the remake he made. I thought that was quite good. Outside of that, uh, I don't think he's ever made a good film. They've all been overwrought garbage nonsense. All of them. Okay. I actually don't know. I know he did 300. But I don't 300 know. 300 was garbage. I don't know what else he's done. Did you so. like 300? I don't... Th- Why would I Did watch you see 300? It? I don't, it was garbage, okay? It was garbage. Watchmen, that one approaches being okay. Yes. I watched Watchmen having never read the comic and just spent the entire time very confused. But I, but I liked Rorschach enough to, to watch it. Yeah. Um, he did Bitch Slap, which was garbage. He did... Um, what is that other one? Uh, well, Man of Steel, obviously, which was garbage. Uh, I'm trying to come up with what else he did, because I know there's something else. Um, let me just do a quick search here for his You go ahead. I'm going to see what the next email's about. Da, 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 da. Sucker Punch. Oh, I'm sorry. Sucker Punch was the movie, not Bitch Slap. That's a different film. Sucker Punch was garbage. Watchmen was okay. 300 was garbage. And that's actually pretty much everything of note that I'm going to talk about here. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. No, that's it. All right. He's, I don't know. He's, he's not, terrible. He's not a good director. He doesn't have any idea about tempo. Like, Man of Steel was such this this such a very serious film. And at the end of it, like, there's this scene where there's, like, Superman is meeting with this army person in the desert, and like the army person has this lady army person with them, and the lady army person is just like, oh, but he's so hot, he makes me so dream, and like it's supposed to be this comedic moment after we just spent two and a half hours of watching this dark, dreary, like it came out of nowhere, it had no business being in that film, he has a fundamental misunderstanding of anything resembling the proper tempo of a film, like I, I don't know. I have zero built faith in his abilities. I'm sorry. All right. <clears throat> Fair enough. Um, I hope you've enjoyed our random rambling section where we kind of delve into topics not wrestling. Uh, getting us back into the squared circle, uh, Glenn, our good friend Glenn, who I, you know, 
I, I, I just want to say I love the neighborhood because I think Glenn was one of the first people to join DDTPod.com. Um, I, at that point, really had no idea who he was. I assumed he was just like a friend of yours <laughs> that you had gotten to come sign up. Uh, he's That's a- not true. You thought he was Laz. I did think he was Laz. That's true. He's but he's from he's from the UK. Uh, you know we've gotten him his own uh, Twitter handle that's now about wrestling. Uh, he is one of my favorite people in the neighborhood to speak to. And so Laz says, "Do you want me to read this one? Do you want me to read this one?" Is K- oh, uh, there he is, Casey Kasem. Bring it home. Hi guys, thought it was about time I e mailed the pod <laughs> and the news that TNA are having trouble paying their bills now as well as their staff. If TNA closes, who from their roster that's left do you think would make a good addition at WWE? Thanks, Glenn. Welcome to my house where I sit on my Stop couch it. and I eat Stop it. pretzels. Stop okay. it! Sorry. Um, I just want to say that you would better never do that again. I have such grand plans. You have no idea. I am not sitting through another one of those. There's no way. I have such grand Give me grand one plans. reason why I should. Give me one reason why I should listen to another one of those because abominations. People are entertained by your reactions to hearing my genius. Uh, grand, grand plans. I hate you, neighborhood. You did this. Um, you did this. They, they did, and I love them for it. I would have to actually know who these people on the TNA roster are in order. James to, Storm. In order to say, you know, just Bobby Roode. Going ahead here, I'm because Bobby Roode's back on their roster, right? No. He's not listed. But isn't he's not listed on? You know, I'm looking at their Wikipedia. I page. thought Beer Money was back. Or is Beer Money somebody else now? I, I think, I've I think heard they the are, but they're, they, they've pre-taped so far back that oh, okay. Bobby Roode's been gone with the company and he's still on their television. Okay, you know? that could be the case. Uh, but I'm looking at this. I have no idea. And, you know, please don't... Abyss. S- please don't send me... I'd like to see that. But please don't send me who these guys are. Because, quite frankly, I don't care. I've never heard of Aiden O'Shea. Uh, I've heard Andrew Everett is good, uh, but I've never seen him. Uh, I don't know who Chris Melendez is. I know Davey Richards and Eddie Edwards, the Wolves. They would be cool. I don't know who DJ Z is. I don't know who Eli Drake is. The Wolves have zero charisma. They can stay in obscurity. Really, really they can. Okay. Yeah, I don't know who Mahabali is. For some reason, I can't load the TNA website to look at. No, me either. Probably because it was down. That's why I'm on their website. Probably because they didn't pay their bills for server hosting. I've never heard of Marsh Rocket... Um, Pierre Marceau, I'm assuming that's the guy with no eyebrows from NXT who's now over there, so that's nice. Um, I've never seen a single Rockstar Spud match. Trevor Lee apparently is really good. And I think Tyrus is who Brodus Clay used to be, so no. Yes, it is. So, you know, I'm sure, right. I'm sure there are plenty of guys. Oh, there you go. Uh, Gregory Helms can come back anytime he wants. Meh. Uh, I'm sure Drew Galloway, I'd take back. Uh, is he still the there? The one name I absolutely would insist come back is Gail Kim. 
because she was a phenomenal women's wrestler and I think would do a lot to add to the talent in the I would WWE. like to see I would like to see Gail Kim for sure. Yep. I've always um I think she's retired now, but Angelina Love and Velvet Sky were a good women's tag team if they ever decided they wanted to do a women's you mean Mrs. tag Dudley? division. Mrs. Bubba Ray Dudley. Indeed. Uh, Madison Rain is okay, and that's pretty much everyone from the women's division. Yeah. You know, I I like uh, Mike Bennett, who just came over from Ring of Honor. I was going to say Mike Bennett; he's great. I'd love to see him. Um, uh, Mr. Anderson, who I know is no longer with TNA, if he can clean up his act, I'd love to yeah. see him back in the WWE. Yeah. But I know that's yeah, never going to happen. And again, I'm sure a lot of these talents are good. I've just Man Kane I- is amazing. Who? Man Kane. Man Kane. Yeah, it's my affectionate name for Abyss because he's basically if Mankind and Kane had a baby. A big, fat, dumb baby. Well, if you look at his picture on the TNA website, if you if you are on the TNA roster and you see him, he's on the I'm not. Right. I can't load it. Oh. Oh, the Wikipedia page, I mean. If you go to their Wikipedia roster page, he looks like Mankind in that picture. Like, the mask is even similar. It's kind of creepy. Um I learned something yeah. today, though. I had no idea that Bobby Lashley's real first name was Franklin. Hmm. So. Bobby Lashley's all right. But I, if. Again, mm-hmm. you know, if, if, if <laughs> WWE's just going to start doing a two-hour show every night on the WWE Network in these various towns, sign a lot of these people. Sign everyone but Matt Hardy, and I'm happy. So. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you, Glenn, yeah. for the email. Um, do I don't want- need to see Jeff Hardy ever again. I'd, I'd I'd see Jeff Hardy more than I'd see Matt Hardly, but um, Hardly. Well, he apparently uh, Hardly Hardy. I I was mentioned by him on Twitter as one of those smart fans who's actually stupid. Well, you are. I know, but in but what I, context? I I think somebody had said something about him on Twitter, and I either liked it or retweeted it and then he called us both out. I don't know. I don't remember the context. Laz would know because Laz took (laughs) this as a, you know, point of personal pride. Um, Eh, whatever. Matt Hardy spends a lot of time just being irritating these days and I'm not sure why that is. I'm not sure if he's just playing his character in a public role or if his life is legitimately falling to pieces. I he would, always seemed would, to me like he I would, appeared to be the Hardy whose life was in order. And now is no longer so. Yeah, that seems... I, I don't know if that's true. I hope I'm wrong, man. I hope you're doing well. And that we really are just smart fans who have no idea what we're talking about. I really hope that's true. In fact, Matt Hardy, if you ever listen to this, I would love to interview you on this podcast. So give me a call, man. Because I'd love to give you an opportunity to say whatever you got to say. Uh, I have no idea what's going on in your life. I'd love to know. You are welcome to have Matt Hardy on the Manson Family Podcast anytime you want. Absolutely. Don't worry. If I have him on this show, it'll be pre-recorded and we'll just insert it. You won't have to actually be there. Good. Because I don't want to be. Um, do you want to talk NXT or do you want to finish the emails? Both. Which one would you like to do first? Oh. Uh, let's finish the emails. All right. Ooh, Danielle. Oh. Finally That's got on to ddtpod.com. She did. You're welcome, Danielle. Happy Thursday. Number one, Bullet Club. NAI talked on Tuesday about the Bullet Club coming over to WWE. Since Gallows and Anderson have now debuted on Raw, 
when you add Finn Balor to Bullet Club, should WWE keep the demon as a part of Finn and the Bullet Club? We'll stop there. Okay, so that was part one. Um, I'm still not convinced that Finn is going to be a part of the Bullet Club. And we are both very, very well known for saying that we almost hate the demon character like Poison. So, I think the demon character would be great if, when he came out, he acted differently. Yes. If he came out and he acted more heelish and he was... Yes. I, I, like, yes, let me rephrase. Way more intense. The demon character is fine. The way it has been brought forth in NXT is not fine. Yeah. Um, so, one, I'm not convinced that Finn Balor has anything to do with Bullet Club. Two, I'm not convinced that Gallows and Anderson are going to be Bullet Club... And three, assuming, let's just take your presumptions as fact, let's presume that they are going to be Bullet Club and that Finn Balor is going to be involved. Do I think that they would eliminate the demon from being part of that? Um, yeah, probably. Yes. Now let me talk about the Bullet Club. I should have brought this up earlier for just a second. Uh, you know, people are talking about they got to do right by the Bullet Club. Why? Why do they have to do right by the Bullet Club? Did they do right by ECW? Did they do right by the NWO? Uh, no, not as such. No, but they are beginning to do right by the indie talent Yes, debuting on the roster. They treat indie guys much differently than they did when they... Uh, not Dean. Um, Daniel Bryan first debuted. They treat them very... Because when... You know, they called him basically, you know, uh, uh, amateur nerd was the line. I think they called him a nerd when he first was in the old style NXT that was more like a game show, right? Yeah. And then they had CM Punk who said, you know, he was, you know, a big fish in a small pond and they maybe talked a little bit favorably about his previous stuff and they mostly just ignored it. Um, these days, they talk about these guys as having wrestled all over the world. Yeah. Like, there's been a shift in the attitude um, that I think shows that maybe they're more capable of doing right by some of these things. I would agree with that, but I will also say Vince McMahon does not have a great history of taking these wrestling entities that he did not create and elevating them. You know, ECW became a laughing stock. The NWO was fine, but it didn't last very long. Um, so I, you know, I don't know that I have high hopes for Gallows and Anderson. I think they might just become another tag team for a while. You know, maybe they wait on doing a Bullet Club thing until Rollins is healthy, and so that way they, we can get to Bullet Club versus Shield, which would make sense. But perhaps I'm yeah. wrong. Perhaps I'm wrong. Her second question really is a continuation of that. But since we think that the Demon would not necessarily be a part of Bullet Club, yeah. by definition, we've answered her question already. Yeah. No, uh, I think they, they, save, they save that if Finn is part of the Bullet Club, which is a big if, they save the Demon for when he's eliminated or tossed out, and you know then the Demon comes back to wreak terrible vengeance. Yeah. Three, U.S. Championship. What can WWE and Kalisto do to bring the relevancy back to the U.S. Championship? Could they be waiting for Cena to return and bring back the U.S. Open Challenge? 
it can be difficult for WWE and viewers to focus on one mid-card championship at a time without overpushing, or how they took the Cruiserweight Championship away. Uh, so, my f- I don't think they need to bring relevancy back to the U.S. Championship. I think it's perfectly relevant right now. It was defended on the pre-show of WrestleMania, I think would be their argument. Is I guess it was not part of the pro- it was not show Kalisto it was not part of the right show now. proper and now he's back to being a lucha dragon he hasn't def- he doesn't have a challenger right now for that title unless they're going with again DC Matthews conspiracy theory coming up uh, Sinkar is going to turn on him yeah I mean I think that's gonna happen you know we saw the dark the dark outfit for a while now. Kalisto gets taken out and Sin Cara basically has to wrestle by himself. You know, I, I think we're going to see Luchador versus Luchador for the U.S. title fairly soon. But, um, I, you know, I, the initial thing I say with this is a brand split. You know, that's one way to do it because now it's the only mid-card title on whichever show it's part of. Probably SmackDown. Um, yeah, um, I don't really think it's a problem having two going simultaneously I don't think you need to have your champion on television every week so even if they trade it off this week we furthered the intercontinental storyline next week we furthered the US championship storyline maybe at this upcoming pay-per-view only the intercontinentals on the line maybe the next pay-per-view the US championships on the line I don't have a problem with them switching off like mm-hmm. that uh, at all I think that the championship is hugely relevant she brings up the US Open challenge that John Cena uh, you know, established. I think that put a lot of relevancy back on that division. But and, but you know, more so more than the relevancy of the belts. Everybody talks about the relevancy of the belts. I think the relevancy of the belts is inconsequential. What's important is the relevancy of the people feuding for those belts. And you look at the mid card guys in WWE today, and it is phenomenal. We have a ton of excellent guys with who are supremely talented who could be dropped into that feud at any moment that's what makes a championship worth something yeah Uh, a lot of people online are saying that they want baron corbin to destroy kalisto and win the u.s title i'm not opposed to that i don't know that it makes it any more relevant but i'm not opposed to that Uh, fair enough you know i I keep pulling the headphones out my i am I'm, I'm not on my game today, Doc. I'm not on my game. Um, the one you thing, look fidgety over there. You look fidgety. I gotta go to the bathroom. The one thing, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, def- definitely gotta go. The, the the one thing I definitely will say is John Cena will not be part of the U.S. title scene when he gets back. I think. I think no, no. I think that's true. No, I think that's true. I don't, know that, I don't know that he'll be main eventing, but I think he'll be in some sort of upper-middle card feud without a title associated with it. I think he'll, depending on when he comes back, he'll be treading water until the right time to be reinserted into the main event. I, I still hold with my prediction that SummerSlam main event is Reigns versus Cena for the title. I suppose that is possible. All right. Number four, early payback prediction. AJ Styles wins by disqualification. Reigns can begin showing frustration for not being able to have AJ pin or submit because, you know, the Superman punch is blank. This could be one way to keep Reigns as a champion. Or XYZ Superstar comes out to interfere, causing the DQ, maybe on purpose or by accident. Thanks, Danielle. Now, she also said that DDT Wrestling merchandise would be awesome. Someday. 
someday. Well, she also said that NAI merchandise would be awesome. They're on Pro Wrestling Tees. Indeed they are. So I might, have to, right I might have to buy myself a shirt. I like the gray one. I like it a lot. It'll go well with my red one and my You mean black that's one. not a perk of being their chief of staff? You don't just get outfitted? I have a black one that I got uh, for being chief of staff. The red one I bought, and I might need to buy a gray one. I don't have any NAI merchandise. You can have one of mine. Hmm. I'd rather Liam, you know, beg me to wear one. So well, if you would just send that along, I'll give you my address, Liam. Let me know. Well, in a couple of weeks, uh, I, I've heard rumors that we might do another crossover show. Uh, oh, really? A pre- I don't think I'm interested. A pre- <laughs> yes, you are. You had a good time. <laughs> you had a good I time. I did. It was fantastic. It was a good show. Um, it really was. It was fantastic. There, there may be a pre-payback show. We'll see. Oh, okay. May's cool. going to be a busy month, I imagine. So... Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, thank you, Danielle, for your email. We appreciate that. So, number that. four there, the prediction. What do you think about that? Oh, uh, I didn't even answer her question. Um, yeah. <laughs> you are really preoccupied. I really have to go to the bathroom. Uh, <laughs> it's like debating the merits. I'm like, I have an empty water bottle. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, yeah, so I am not convinced AJ Styles wins that match even by disqualification. I think Roman Reigns is going... I don't think he wins clean, but I think at the end of the day, they want Roman Reigns to have a win over AJ Styles, and that's how it's going to look. I think Roman Reigns could win by disqualification. Yeah, I maybe. think Roman Reigns could win by countout. You know? Yep. I, I, I don't know why... I have to keep going with this, but I, I, I want to think that payback ends with Reigns and Gallows and Anderson posing for the crowd. So, you know, whether or not that's true, I don't know. But I I don't know even how they would make that happen. But um, right now I have to say Roman Reigns wins in some form or fashion. But it's an interesting thing to think of. I, you know, I don't know necessarily that it's a clean win. Oh, God. I love you, Nate, but why'd you ask more questions? He asked, like, five questions. Hello, gentlemen. Who do you think will take the title off Kalisto? Ryback? No, I think that's done. <laughs> no, I, I agree. It's done. Sinkara, maybe. Uh, that was a good thing that you brought up there. I'm trying to think in that mid-card area. You know, Baron Corbin's an interesting choice and would give him a continue his... His push. Um, why it's out. I'm going to need to think on that a minute. I, again, there's not a lot of heels. You no, know. there's not. I could see Kevin Owens randomly jumping over and winning that title. I, I'll go, okay, no, I'll go with Rusev. Rusev. Okay. Ru- One of, of the Nation, nobodies. League of Nations. Yeah. Maybe, maybe Sin Cara betrays Kalisto and joins up with the League of Nations. No, they already have representation. Eh, who knows what they're doing with Del Rio. So. Yeah, nobody knows. Um, uh, I'll say Rusev. Do you see any more NXT guys debuting while Shane is running Raw? I'll tell you one guy who's ready, and I'd like to see it. I, I need the perfect 10 on Monday Night Raw. Yeah, I need it. I, you know, we're, we're, we're transitioning here into a little bit of NXT talk, but I liked Ty Dillinger. Yeah, we haven't talked about NXT yet, so you better tie a knot in that hose because I'm, we're not anywhere I'm near done with this podcast. To use the pa- willpower here, but you keep bringing it up. I was distracting <laughs> myself. 
Waterfalls. Stop it. Surging rivers. Now I'm pulling the headphones A trickling out. Right. stream. Ty Dillinger is totally ready. He really did pull his headphones out, folks. Um, I think, you know, I liked his little promo. I liked the interplay with Nakamura. Uh, you know, another good match. Not great. They only had six minutes, but not a bad match. Yeah. Um, they needed more time, but it was it was serviceable. It was a good match. You know, and a lot of people, I, I posted this on Twitter last night while watching NXT, and a lot of people were like, he's going to do nothing in WWE. I don't care. I don't care for, you know. He's gonna, well, that's the problem, is if he goes to WWE now, he is going to end up in the exact same boat as Tyler Breeze. I, I I think he'll he might not be in the doghouse like Tyler Breeze is because, you know, whatever it is, he left early or he did something. But, you know, I... I there's I don't think there's anything left just like Tyler Breeze. I don't think there's anything left for him to do in NXT. There's not a mid card title yet for him to win. So there should be there should be absolutely, but there's not. And so unless there's going to be one, he's right now he's just spinning his wheels. You know, let him go. Tyler Breeze. What says, if there were two mid card titles? In NXT, no. Yeah, give me the WWE <laughs> Network title, and that's all you need. There you go. All right, so um, do I see any more NXT guys? Because I don't think Dillinger is a case. I just think it should. Um, no, I think we're done. Do you see mm, any other? I think we're. I mean, the only one I could possibly see is Samoa Joe, and the reason why I say that is because on NXT apparently he's going to feud next week in a match with Apollo Cruz, oh. whom we know is on the main roster. Interesting. That could. So I mean, that could transition. Right. So that's the only reason why I say that's possible, but, I mean, based off of where things were left after TakeOver, I kind of thought Joe was a lock for staying in NXT for now. But I think it's possible, maybe. All right. Well, there we go. Maybe Samoa Joe, but nobody else. Um, What are your early predictions for SummerSlam? You already talked about it. Reigns versus Cena. Moving on. I think The Undertaker will be involved. Against? Uh, Brock Lesnar. I'm fine with it. In a uh, chainsaw on a pole match? I'm also fine with it. All right. With Ray... With Ray... <laughs> Ray Wyatt. With Ray Wyatt. With Brayface Wyatt being injured. Ah. Do you see Rowan or Strowman getting any kind of singles push? Absolutely no. not. But I think, as we said, you were talking about how the Wyatt family's not a tag team. If Bray Wyatt is injured and has to be off of television, which is a big if, because he can be on television, just not wrestling. Um, yes. Rowan and Strowman become a tag team. I still haven't heard anything about his injury being serious. It's I know a, it's a calf. It's in- a calf injury, and. You know the amateur. They didn't say what it the was, amateur right? physicians of Twitter say two to three months, but that's I don't think people with any. But I mean, they haven't even said what the injury is. It could have just been a stinger, right? He could be perfectly fine tomorrow. Like I don't remember them saying specifically what the calf injury was. Uh, nothing on our usual Lords of Pain. Um, it so. might be the sort of thing you tape up. You take it easy. And you're all right. I mean, I, I don't know. I'm okay with I'm that. I'm not a physician. But I'm okay with that. I think if they can, if they can keep him on TV and capitalizing on this, the epic moment that happened on Raw, they will. Yeah. All right. Well, you're thank you, Nate at OilKing08 for your email sent for my iPhone. The first, the first uh, bestie of the month on DDTPod.com. Uh, anything so else uh, from NXT that you wanted to talk yeah. about? 
I want to talk about uh, Austin Aries versus one half of the Revival. That's Angelo Dawkins. He is not part of the Revival. He's not even of the same race as the Revival, all right? Now that you've yeah, seen he's also immensely more uh, talented with more charisma and personality than I've ever seen out of both members of the Revival put together. They're, At least I know who Angelo Dawkins is now. They have a subdued charisma that harkens back to the days of Anderson and Blanchard, by the way. No, you know who has a subdued charisma? Johnny Gargano and Tommaso Ciampa, and they're phenomenal. They were great. I love that cool, collected sort of look that George Johnny Gargano was putting together at the beginning of that match against the VOD villains. He had this wordless sort of charisma going for him that really impressed me, and not to mention the simple wrestling ability of those two. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm looking forward to seeing the two of them in the ring against American Alpha. It's going to be great. I am salivating to see that match. It's going to be fantastic, and I'm sure it's going to happen. So yeah, absolutely. You make, can't it a, wait. you make it a triple threat with the revival and who crazy yeah. time. But you were saying some crazy stuff on Twitter about not being impressed with Austin Aries. Care to expunge? Um, it's not that I, you know I've seen Austin Aries in TNA. So he I, is the greatest man alive. I know he is a fantastic wrestler. Um, wait, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. That's one thing I want to just follow up with real because this is a question I almost tweeted to you. You say that you've seen his work in TNA. But I thought you didn't watch much TNA. I've I had saw to, him. I've had to describe things from TNA to you on this show in the past. He was a stellar, defend yourself, sir. He was part of the X division back before he had his run as world champion. He was part of the X division when Roddy Strong was part of the X division. Um, when you know Christopher Daniels was still around. When AJ Styles was still around. PD Williams. So I did not see. Uh, the the second half of Austin Aries' TNA career, let's say. But I know that the man is talented in the ring. Um, And, you know, I I enjoyed his rolling elbow. I enjoyed a lot of what he did. The rope hang neck breaker is good, although Jericho stole it at WrestleMania blatantly. Um, (laughs) But he had an underwhelming match with Baron Corbin at TakeOver. I don't think anyone can disagree with that. Well, I don't think that was his fault. And his match with Angelo Dawkins was fine. You know, what I appreciated about NXT this week is they gave the the undercard the you know what you would consider enhancement level challenge a, t- a time to shine they had entrances they weren't currently in the ring um, they had entrances with their own music they had a chance to actually when was this recorded was this recorded before takeover this is, was recorded the day after takeover chip was there chip was at okay. access so that might have something to do with it you had a bunch of talents who had just wrestled their little hearts out the day the night before it, it right could so. be. and again I'm not saying that you know Austin Aries is a very good wrestler, but those matches, you know, you expect, you want to see a match like Zayn versus Nakamura. You want to see a match like uh, Owens versus Cesaro. You're not going to get that when you put him in the ring with a guy like Angelo Dawkins. And the fact that they are beating up the little guy and then the little guy happens to mount a comeback and win doesn't make me excited about the Austin Aries character. You know, put him in the ring with someone that he I feel like he can you know do a little bit more with and I think I will be more excited but right now I'm you know he's fine but he is you know his despite him being a big name signing he is not what I would consider to be a major player yet in NXT in the way that Nakamura has become agreed I know who I think had an excellent showing uh, at least a moment on NXT 
you're going to be surprised maybe by this, but Alexa Bliss. Alexa Bliss had a moment in that match against Tessa Blanchard. Is that what you posted that was creepy? Yes! She just had this look on her face like she was going to murder the hell out of Tessa Blanchard. And it was just this moment where, once again, I saw the charisma. I think Alexa Bliss is underrated. I think she's one of the best women's wrestlers they have in that division right now. Mm -hmm. She needs another shot at that women's title program with Asuka. Uh, She can go. She's got the look. She is... I, I, I perfectly see, talented. You know, she she won at NXT last night. I see her, you know, Blake and Murphy, thankfully, nowhere to be seen. Um, I think this is a good sign. Did they her. finally just collapse onto their own personalities? Those black holes sucking just yes. made them unable to leave the backstage area. So I think I think she will be a top contender. Um, you know, this summer sometime we'll see a takeover where it's Asuka versus Alexa and it'll be a fantastic match. So I I think that's good. I'm you know, I enjoyed Jersey Girl number two's performance against Bailey. She had a couple oh, of Oh yeah, nice that was moments. a good match. Um Yeah. So, you know, it was good. I, Bailey had a very good match. Her promo afterwards I thought was a little lackluster, uh, talking about Asuka, but I, that's kinda her character I will freely, that we haven't heard from in a while, so maybe that's just what that is. I will freely admit to not watching the promo. Um, All right, then. But, yeah, you know, NXT was a good show. Nothing major happened, which is to be expected, but it was good. I enjoyed it. Uh, All right. Oh, man, we're at the hour and a half mark. My goodness. How time flies when you're having fun. Talking wrestling and movie trailers. Welcome to my And The Force Awakens. Stop it. It's just, it gets stuck in your head. No. I can't wait to hear the payback. Bad DC. What is that? I don't know. I, they haven't announced what the music will be, but I can't wait because I'll get to writing some funky, funky beats. Gross. MCDC dropping like it's hot. I don't want to have anything to do with this. Uh, preach some positivity there, my friend. What do you? What's getting you through the week? What's good about hmm. wrestling? Everything. It's true. It's true. Yeah, it's true. I don't know. I, I don't know if I'm more excited about Shinsei Nakamura or. Either of those fantastic matches we saw on Raw, uh, you know, Sami Zayn, AJ Styles was so, so good. Mm-hmm. Um, Kevin Owens versus Cesaro was also excellent. Uh, I mean, all that stuff was great. I think maybe if there's one thing I'm just going to call out specifically, maybe it's Shane McMahon. There was a moment backstage when he intercepted Kevin Owens and Kevin Owens was giving him lip. And he said, yeah, you know what? You're not going to ruin things for Sami Zayn. You're not going to ruin that match. Get the heck out of my building. And they had him escorted out. Like, that is such a breath of fresh air coming from an authority figure on WWE television that that was really appreciative. I really appreciated that. Absolutely. Absolutely. I will go ahead and say, um, since WrestleMania, I feel like SmackDown is now something that I want to watch and I'm staying spoiler free usually you know I read the spoilers and say oh yeah maybe I'll check out this match or this match and then I never watch it because I know what happens but I watched Smackdown last week Moro man it's Moro you want to watch that guy you want to listen to him that voice yes indeed although you know what I want to say our friend our mutual friend GQ not impressed with Moro Ranallo well he did nothing but make fun of the man's voice the entire time he was here GQ is wrong he is wrong. He's, wrong he's about, phenomenal. He's wrong about certain things. 
that being one. He of is them. dead wrong on this one. Uh, but yeah, SmackDown's good. Moro Ronaldo's good. You know, I think we're going to get another Vaudevillain. I'm match. actually worried that Moro Ronaldo is not going to be with the company long term. He's picking up jobs left and right in other companies, um, other announcement gigs. This guy is a hot commodity. He is indeed. And I think the WWE is too much invested in Michael Cole to replace or augment him on Raw at this stage mm-hmm. of his career. And so I don't see a progression for Morrow beyond SmackDown, which I think could lead to him leaving the company. And that saddens me because he's immensely talented. The only thing I'll say is WWE seems to enjoy the legitimacy that Morrow brings. You yes, know, they do. He's got some legitimate announcing uh, background in other sports and in other avenues. Um, so they might want to keep that because if you're going to be on Sports Center, if you're going to be, you know, starting to be considered more of a sport rather than, you know, you're emphasizing a little bit more of the sport than just the entertainment, uh, you need a voice that can match that. And Mauro Ronaldo's the guy for you. So, um, all right. Well, there you have it, folks. We are DDT Wrestling, ddtpod.com, ddtwrestling at gmail.com. Join our forum, be our bestie, sign up for uh, our service. You can read our articles, you can listen to our podcast, find us on iTunes. Apparently, I was told we have a review. I don't know how to find it and check it myself, but apparently we have. We do? We have a review on iTunes. Someone said. Okay, hold on. Wait, whoa, whoa, okay. Vamp for a second. I have to find, if there is one, I'm going to find it. We're going to read it on the air. All right. Well, I hope you've enjoyed our show. I hope you've enjoyed our mixture. We didn't talk food, and Mrs. Manson didn't show up once on this show. I, you no, know, she didn't. I, I drank an IBC root beer, probably why I have to go to the bathroom. And, you know, I'm gonna go going to go make myself here? A, a delicious dirt cup. Do we have one? Or am I still vamping? Uh, you're still Never vamping. Mind. I can't. All right. uh, let, me sh- let me teach you how to make a, a dirt cup, folks. Come into the culinary world of DC Matthews. Um, a dirt cup is a lovely um, dessert concoction, uh, and it can be as healthy or as unhealthy as you want it to be. I've been leaning on the healthy side lately. Uh, you get yourself a... Hey! Should I stop now? <laughs> you can stop. Well, We have a review How many stars? on iTunes. How many stars? How many stars do you think? I think it's five. It's a five-star review! Booyakasha! Read it to us. Baby. I want to say thank you to at Main Event Swerve for dropping us a review on iTunes. What do you say? Uh, well, it's lengthy. Okay. This is a show for anyone that loves pro wrestling, movies, TV shows, and two people playing off of each other's personalities perfectly. Wow. DC Matthews and Doc Manson. Matthews is nearly clairvoyant with how often he gets predictions correct, and Doc can fantasy book matches that tend to happen in real life. Uh, you have never listened to this show, Main Event Swerve. <laughs> to be fair, to be fair, we might have considered back when we were planning this, we may have wanted to consider not having the same initials for our names. Yeah, because fair enough. DC, I am nearly clairvoyant. DC, He's the fantasy booker. DC, I'm the one with real knowledge. DC Doc Matthews Manson. I was going to say, I will pull that index card out of the trash can and show you how wrong I was. <laughs> Every episode is different, such as episode 27, where DC did a full parody song of Flo Rida's My House on a dare from me, 
Seriously. It's very interactive, and people can send in emails or get active on the DDDPod.com forums. Also, Doc always finds a way to make DC uncomfortable. And it makes for some great moments that you can only imagine the look on his face. Also, if you're a fan or listener of the New Age Insiders podcast, these guys mix it up as well. I'm not reading that next part. Check out an episode Why of Experience not? Wrestling Pod Greatness. Uh, he might want to. He might be throwing some shade at the NAI guys. Oh, that's all. Oh man, no, no shade, no shade. <laughs> okay, I can't promise I'm going to read every review on the air, but guys, seriously, this helps us immensely. It helps us get the podcast out there. It helps us find new listeners. So, main event swerve, uh, Mike. Thank you so so much for leaving this uh, review, and I encourage everybody else to get out there and leave one as I, well. I will say this: if things are currently constituted, you just heard. From our bestie of the month for May, I think so. I, I, I mean, unless we start getting a lot more action on these iTunes reviews, I, I mean, think you should. I think by default, one. you know. All right, thank you. I just don't want to, you know, I don't want to be too self congratulatory mm. over here all the time. I think, but uh, I think you know, important. it is important. So if you guys want to leave us good reviews, we're more than happy to call it out on air because we th- we thank you. We, when we call you guys besties, you know, it's not just a title. We really feel like we're connecting with our community here. At least I do. Maybe DC feels differently. He's, you know, a bit of a sod. But outside of that, like, really, guys, hey, thank you I so much for supporting us. I am clairvoyant. You are not. That is me. Just you do flow writer songs. Just because you're a fantasy booker. Yeah, whatever. Uh, no, uh, we appreciate it. You can hear the excitement in Doc Manson's voice, and trust me, I've known the boy for now, I think officially, going on 15 years. Uh, you don't hear that Ugh. often in the voice We're of old. Doc Manson. <laughs> we are. <laughs> we are indeed. <laughs> Our birthdays are coming up. Uh, I think, actually, if we continue with the Thursday theme, I don't want to reveal too much, but we may be recording oh, on a special yeah. day. Maybe. We'll have to see. We'll have to not do that. I'll have to write a song just for the occasion. I think I know how that song might go. I'll, I'll write it differently. Oh, okay. All right. We are DDT Wrestling. Uh, Doc Manson, at Doc Manson. DC Matthews, at DC Matthews NAI. Uh, we have a five-star review. We're going to go celebrate. We will see you around the neighborhood. Yeah, boy!